released on Sunday, September 13th, 2015. This Agile Life, episode 99. Puns everywhere? Who put that question mark there? Who put that there? The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, everyone. I'm the host of This Agile Life, John Sextro. Joining me on this episode, we have Craig Buchak. Hey, everybody. My microphone has missed me. Well, welcome back, Craig, and welcome back to your microphone as well. I'm glad we could get you two back together in this episode of This Agile Life. With us also, we have the one, the only, thank God, Amos King. Yeah, I'm back uh, by popular demand. I heard that we have a new hashtag called Too Much Tice, and uh, they needed somebody back to to squash his big enterprise brain a little. But he's not here tonight <laughs> because he found out I was coming and ran away scared. He just, he wanted to do away with the hashtag. He wanted to help cool that over. He wants to replace with just enough Tice. (laughs) All right. Well, we're glad to be back after our little bit of a vacation. We had, we had Jason and Natalie and uh, Matt Corwell and a few others up at Agile 2015, and they did a wonderful job pulling together some live reports from up there at Agile 2015. Thanks to Jason, Natalie, and Matt. And who else was on those episodes? I guess there were a smattering of some other people that they ran into along the way. I don't know. I got to the second one and heard Tice's voice and shut it off. Ooh. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. I just got to keep going with this hashtag thing. I'm a little jealous of Tice because he's got a hashtag. And none of us do. You know, Amos, you're being very negative. Well, that's because I'm just dealing with lots of negativity. And once a little poison gets in the well, it's hard to not drink from it. So it's rubbing off on you. I think so. Maybe we should discuss how you could go about dealing with negativity in a team environment and then on an agile team specifically. Well, And I think we need to discuss the types of negativity because maybe how you deal with them is different. Like sometimes you have people that are negative about the product or about the code or about working with customers or about writing tests or about collaborating with the project manager or uh, estimations. Like I'm pretty negative about estimations. I'll give you that. Does it really matter what type of negativity it is? Just the fact that there is negativity. Isn't that enough? Or is there, is there good negativity and bad negativity? Like there's good naked and bad naked. Did you say <laughs> naked? Yeah. <laughs> There's a bad naked? No. Oh, my gosh. I'll, I'll refer you to the episode of Seinfeld where he uh, uh, defines what is good naked and what is bad naked. It's like like an old man naked. Is that bad naked? That's bad naked. <laughs> like a supermodel naked is good naked? Yes. The old man. Okay. I mean, Jack Lane probably looked really good at his age. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know how we can follow that comment (laughs) so the question was is there good negativity and bad negativity oh i i i want to say uh no there is no good negativity but 
Uh, I, I want to go back to like John's first question, which was, do you handle it differently? And I think you do. I think some negativity rubs off easier than other negativity. Yeah, I think that by definition, negativity and anything negative is bad. And there can be, there can be um, discussions, there can be criticisms, and those things don't necessarily have to be negative. And you, but there is a certain amount of it that can be negative. If someone just is complaining without being interested in finding a solution, then that's negativity. That's that's so, not good for anybody. I, th- I think negativity implies, you know, there's something bad. Yeah. But but you can commiserate and build sort of empathy with each other. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but there's there's like a situation that soldiers in a foxhole will get into to build camaraderie. So there's a little bit of empathy building and camaraderie building, but <laughs> usually it's outweighed by all the other effects, right? On a team, in, uh, you mean you mean all of the bad things that goes along with that commiseration outweighs the mere fact that there was bonding that occurred. Is that what you're saying, Craig? Yeah, exactly. So, Amos, what are what have what are some things that you've been running into in your in your world in your life? Is there? I mean, are there some examples that you can give us around? negativity that that has occurred to you recently or that you've experienced maybe recently all right let's see uh if i can get this out without calling anybody out uh or talking about specific companies or projects i'm gonna try i'm gonna try okay um we're talking theoretically so you you have something going on on a project and some feature and it it just like you're looking at it and it just doesn't seem right it doesn't seem like it should be useful or anything like that and you kind of ask a question about it to one of the other developers who's been around a little longer. And maybe they say, yeah, that's because that project manager is an idiot. And like they start talking about how bad of a person that it, that that project manager is. And then you ask them, you are like, hey, so so do you try to talk to him or her about that? And they say, well, no, uh, I, I went in there and and they said it. And I was like, that's stupid. And I moved on. So the negativity affected me hearing about it and affected the relationship with the project manager that he had, which had an overall negative impact on the quality of the product, too. You know, one of the I I would love to role play this with you a little bit if if you want to. I don't want to be too uh, dramatic or too philosophical about this, but there there are some tactics that I have that I use when someone just makes a very general generalized um, derogatory statement like that, right? So if, if the person would have said to me, if you asked about that particular feature and the, and the person came back to you and said, yeah, that's because the project manager is an idiot. One of the things that I do to kind of disarm them is to first say, yeah, you know, I, I see your point that he may, he's, he's probably not the sharpest tack in the box or whatever. Right. So I, I give you a little bit of ground, but then I would say, well, what specifically do you think is bad about this feature? And then I ask you to give me some more specifics and I keep kind of peeling this onion back until I get down to the root matter. And it may be the fact that 
you know, this person is just mad at that project manager or that person because they were both up for the same job and he didn't get it. And we've uncovered that now and dealt with that negativity. But I think it's, I think it's very harmful if you just let somebody roll a grenade like that out into your foxhole, like Craig was talking about, and let it go off. You know, yeah. I think you need to deal with it. And I think that these situations are a lot harder to deal with if you're the newest person on the team. Well, I think you can, you can play dumb because everybody expects that you, you don't know the history. And uh, they'll, they'll probably be fairly honest with you when you ask them some probing questions about these situations. That's a really good strategy. I like it. So there, episode's over. We solved, Done. solved <laughs> the problem. Well, no, All that's right. just that's only advice for a new person, though. <laughs> <laughs> and that's only one one particular idea. I mean, there's there's well, all they, kinds of negativity well, that you at a certain point with. too. You've got to decide whether it's just too negative for you to even stay. You know, too toxic, and it's just going to bring you down and affect your your family life and and everything else, or, or even just affecting your work life if it affects your performance on that team. Like their negativity gets to you and then you're not performing as well. And it only takes one negative statement often to cause that. And then what, so what do you do with somebody like that? What do you do when there's this level of negativity and it's just constant and it's coming from a particular source? Or is that what you're wrestling with right now? Uh, that, yeah. Is it one, one particular person? It, it, it is one particular person. I feel like there's this, you mentioned the poisoning of the well. And, you know, once, once a particular person becomes that negative, it's hard for the team to get past that. Your retrospectives become entirely about either um, the negative things that are being said or that person in particular. And it just becomes a constant wound, a constant sore on that team that has to be dealt with or, or surgically removed or something. And now how do you, how do you deal with that whenever you walk into a team and you're new and the negative person is the senior developer on the team? This is one time I usually think that a uh, self-directed self-run self-organizing team is not the answer. Um, I think that usually has to come from management. Uh, and not the team members. What do you mean by that, Craig? What What about the self organization is detrimental in this case? Um, for one, if especially if it's the senior developer or the the team lead, there's sort of a power imbalance there, right? And because of that, you can't really go and confront them about the problem. If it's more of a peer, you can at least go to them and you know talk to them one on one as a peer and see if you can make a difference. But if they are your superior, you're probably not going to feel like you should or are able to without getting yourself into trouble or maybe even fired. Um, so usually I would, in that case, I would usually go to management and see if they can help address the problem. 
in my particular situation, the senior developer is not just like a senior developer among a bunch of like mid-level developers. He's the only senior developer amongst a bunch of brand new developers. And then me, I came in to, to help out and to help mentor those younger developers a little bit. So I'm trying to be really positive for them so that, that hopefully I can combat some of the poison from him, but it does rub off. So, so you, you're, you're getting some of that negativity, but you're at least going to fake it till you make it at least not, <laughs> let, not let them see that in you. Yeah. That's my, my goal, but it, yeah. it wears on you at the end of the day. I am exhausted. I'm upset and I don't want to talk to people. Have you, have you tried to befriend or get into the good the good graces with, with the person that's negative as a tactic for figuring out what more about what's going on there. <laughs> so this person thinks I'm awesome and is very open with me. And it's like, you're the only person who knows what's going on here besides me. And I have tried to ask them questions. I've also tried whenever I was like, well, you just told the manager, the project manager, product owner that they were stupid. Like, ouch. And did you, I was like, did you try to consider their point of view or ask them why? And then I discussed like the five whys to try to give him something that's different than an attack um, to use next time he's in that situation to help maybe curb his negativity or help him out. Um, And I would like to say that this is a single instance, like this project is just getting to him, but I don't believe that's it. So John, I think is heading in a good direction here. Um, sort of the kill them with kindness and, and see if you can convert them to your side. Um, I had success with that once in my career that I, that that just stands out. It was, it was a problem customer. And so I, I basically made it my goal to, you know, give them, they were the squeaky wheel and I tried to make them, feel like they were the top priority and um, eventually gave them good enough service that they sort of became one of our best customers. You know, it was kind of weird, um, but you know, it, it, it didn't look like it was going to be possible going in, but it, it was a success story after um, kind of doing the kill them with kindness and give them an extra level of service, even though going in, you you feel like that, that they don't deserve it. Right. I, and I, and I think, that helps build trust. And, and once you build exactly. trust, it's easier to change their direction. Yeah. Um, so in this case, they didn't trust the support organization I was with. And, you know, definitely building that trust was what was required. That, that's, that's why with this person that trusts me, I, I've gotten to where I'm trying to suggest new tactics for him whenever he's talking to people. But, how do you is is there a way to i don't know to call them out on it without looking like a jerk yourself no <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably probably not um it not in a public forum certainly it would have to be it would have to start off as like a one on one thing and then if you couldn't find some sort of you know, intermediary area, you'd have to escalate that to management. 
but you'd have to be the so the downside here's the downside to taking the tact of of befriending the person that's negative is that you know then there's then there's a, the possibility of them feeling like uh you've betrayed the friendship betrayed the friendship by escalating the issue so th- that can also work against you in some cases but it's hard to tell going into it whether or not a friendship approach is really going to work there there's another problem potential issue with befriending that person if if everyone else sees that person in a negative light you're associating yourself with that negativity and and you could be seen in that light as well right that that's another side another bad part of of that approach but if you if you have some access to the person and they trust you and they think that you're great you can do some things like go through the empathy game with them where you talk about the person that they're negative about and ask them to put themselves in that person's shoes and what do you think that person's thinking what do you think that person is hearing what are they seeing what are they saying what are they feeling go through all of those five aspects of the empathy game and try and help them better understand the situation that others are in. I think most oftentimes people become very negative uh, because they've turned the person into, into kind of a caricature of themselves. And so they're able to say that person's an idiot. And because they don't really see him as a person anymore, they just see them as this cartoonish, you know, pointy haired boss from Dilbert that they can, they can complain about and make fun of and stuff. I find that once you've uh, tacked on the word manager to somebody, it's easy for a lot of people to um, to tack on that character of the pointy haired boss. So when you say project manager, it's easy for them to say, oh, that guy's dumb. Oh, that girl's dumb. She's stupid. So, uh, John, you mentioned the empathy game. Uh, what is that? I'm not sure I've heard of that before. Well, it's pretty simple. I'll include a link to uh, a write-up on it in the show notes. But again, you go through the five, uh, there's these, the five um, aspects of, of empathizing with somebody and you put yourself in their shoes and say, you and that person, you and the, and the group, maybe you're doing it as a retrospective exercise. Maybe Amos is doing it with the single individual. You go through and you say, let's talk about what this individual sees every day. What is it that they're hearing every day? What do you think that they're thinking every day? What are they talking about every day? And then what are they feeling every day? And by going through that, it, you start to put yourself in that individual's shoes and thereby start to build some empathy around what it's like to be that person. You're hypothesizing that they're hearing about these things and they're seeing these other things going on and they feel distressed because of it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Go ahead, Amos. You said that there were, did you say five yeah. things? Uh, and you, I think you kind of laid them out with questions a little bit, but are there names for those five things that you know off the top of your head? Um, they're, I guess they're kind of like senses in, in some way, even though that's not really what they are, but it's just, you would, you know, seeing, hearing, feeling, thinking, and saying are the five the five aspects of the empathy game. So I wonder if, um, do you guys know what object writing is? I don't. Okay. Object writing is where 
uh, I give you a time limit and I tell you to write with all of your feelings. You need to, to write about something with all of your feelings. And then I give you an object like, uh, let me look at my desk, a quarter. And then you just start writing for 10 minutes, but you're supposed to use all of your senses in your writing. Uh, and I wonder if that could be a good exercise with them and say, hey, I want you to write for 10 minutes about this person that you're being really negative about. I think that's another you, good approach. Yeah, and, and, and then maybe even say, write it from their point of view now. Write it from your point of view and then write it from theirs. Yeah, anything that can help give them some perspective and, and put themselves in the shoes of the other individual can be, can be very helpful. And just having gone through, I've done this with, uh, with groups where we've done the empathy game and simply by going through the exercise of doing the empathy game without even come, without even focusing on outcomes or ways to improve the mere exercise of putting ourselves in that person's shoes has often given people enough perspective to help them solve, um, not solve, but to, but to give them a bit more of an insight into what it's like to be the other person and thereby solve some of the issues that are occurring as a result of, of the bad relationship that had existed. So I, I had another thought here, um, maybe holding an introspective with them. Um, especially if there's a particular issue you could bring up like, like you did with me that one time. I, I, I have a little fear there, right? Because it's, it's I'm, because I'm going it's to hard have to go through an that, introspective right? with someone who is super negative <laughs> and, and they're so negative and they talk about people all the time that if I try, I like, I'm trying to figure out how to confront them without confronting them, you know, like to, slightly like nudge them in the right direction like a herding dog <laughs> not sure that's possible though i mean if they're headed if 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 they're facing the wrong direction nudging them in the right direction is not going to be that effective right yeah what are the steps to performing this introspection um we we did an episode on this um way back when probably about two years ago um Holy crap, it's been that long. Yeah. <laughs> we can include a link to that episode then in our show notes. We yeah. I, we went through all the all the things that... that uh, basically, it was a, a single person retrospective about myself and a particular issue, and Amos facilitated it with me. And, you know, that worked because I trust Amos. And it sounds like in this case, this person does trust Amos. So, but the the, the difference here is that I was the one that instigated this that the, the right. perspective. Right. You you talked to me about it and said, hey, I'd like right. to do this. Right. And this would be me going to him. So how do I go to him and say, hey, yeah. we should talk about how much of an a-hole you are. <laughs> well, the other, <laughs> the other thing I, that I'm thinking of is um, uh, what do you call it when when all your friends gather around and tell you you have a uh, an alcohol problem or something. Um, Awake? awake <laughs> no it's called a party come on <laughs> um it, that's an intervention yeah an intervention i mean i mean that's almost what i'm hearing is necessary at this point maybe but i don't i don't know if it's possible is the problem do you have other support around you that could assist you potentially with this negativity 
I think all the newer developers would be scared to do it because he is the senior guy. Um, but maybe I could, I, I could probably get the um, manager in on it. Possibly, like I'm a little nervous to even tell the manager that I have this opinion that he's doing that. This guy is doing bad things, um, but I could probably get the recruiter that. Uh, brought him there and is he's working through their company i bet i could go talk to them about it because i know that they trust me a lot so you think you have to reach out and try and build up some support around you to deal with the negativity or uh, in, in some cases what you have to do is you have to take everyone with the exception of the person that is negative and you have to pull that group together and you have to say, guys, we're in a particular situation here. We've got this individual that has a lot of negativity. Uh, we can't fix that and explain all of the reasons why you can't fix it. Right. And then talk about, you know, putting a circle around that person and saying, we're going to, we're going to have to deal with this, but we want to try and find a way to put like a bubble around this person and say, uh, we're not going to let them poison us or affect us. And, and we, we know that they're negative. We understand that. And we, it's just part of our life and see if you can't, you know, find some way to put some constraints around that negativity getting to be so pervasive on the team, because if it goes on unchecked, it is infectious. And, uh, and for me, the hard part is, is if this person worked for me, I'd fire him. And not because I don't think that the person is a good person in general, but I I have a very low tolerance for this sort of thing. Especially because I know it starts to affect everybody. And so I would be like, you got to cut it out or you're out. So Done. as as a consultant in this situation, you have probably more tools available to you than than most of the time. Um, one of that tool is reporting to the manager that hired you on what the issues are. And, and I think that's some a tool that you should probably use in this case. And like, Hey, you know, one of the things that's slowing you guys down is this person's attitude. And what can we do to, to improve on that situation? Or here are some thoughts that I had on how we might be able to improve on that situation. Because that, that's your goal there is to help improve the team, right? As a consultant. Yeah. Now, what if some of this negativity was, was simply about like engineering practices where you had an individual on the team and maybe they're just a, just a, a, a stereotypical member of the team or a prototypical member of the team and and they're just negative, entirely negative all the time about something like uh, continuous integration or doing test-driven development. How might we go about handling that sort of negativity on a team? Uh, I, I try to, to mentor first, like through pairing. I will sit down and they start to write and I'll say, hey, let's, uh, let's write a test first. And I try to be that because a lot of times I find that it has to do with um, inexperience more than not wanting to. So I will try to be the person that takes on the 
the weight of writing the tests first. And I'll do a couple of them. And then I'm like, hey, why don't you try one? And that works frequently, but not always. Sometimes people are just like, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good at handling that one. I'll admit that. It's hard to admit when I'm lacking. Like in my ukulele playing skills, right, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe I, maybe I just don't like the ukulele. <laughs> Do you find yourself then avoiding situations in which you would have to interact? with the negative individual in that way? Um, I try not to, but I, I will say that I'm a human being and, and probably after a period of time, if the person is still that way, I will try to pair with everybody except for that person. Right. And, and that's, uh, that's really bad because uh-huh. you're, you're the agile practitioner slash coach person that is supposed to be there uh, to help build everyone's agile toolkit right and and now you're avoiding the exact problem that you are probably one of the problems that you were brought there to help deal with well and and, and i try to focus of, i try to focus on the people that are receptive hoping that building them up will cause this person to come along hopefully at some point but and, now you're also seen as a part of the problem by you know sort of letting that person get away with it or yes <laughs> If not actually contributing to the problem, at least you're seen as that and perception is reality sometimes. Well, I think that that's a, what you mentioned there, Amos, I think is a, a tactic to be considered. What you, what you said was you, it's probably hopeless or there's very little hope that you're going to turn the tide with the person that has the negativity. So rather than devote all of your effort to a losing cause, you redirect your effort towards the remaining members of that team uh, to whom they are. And those members of the team are much more receptive. So you build up a group of like-minded individuals and then it becomes very apparent that there's one individual, the negative individual that isn't keeping pace with the rest of the group. Or he just gets so much peer pressure that he has to sort of join in with the rest of the group. That's, right. that's the hope. That's the, that's what you're hoping for in that situation, really. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's probably your best case scenario in that, in that situation is the peer pressure, um, forces the issue and helps the, the person with the negativity see the light and turn the corner. But it can also just, just as easily send them off the, Look. off the deep end, the other direction. Well, and sometimes I, I think we've discussed already that, that maybe the answer is for that person not to be on the team anymore. So well, and, sometimes and that's what happens. I, I found that the most negative people I've had to work with are lazy and not the good way and usually have some kind of superiority. I really know everything complex. Or they're in the wrong place. I think that's probably more common. They're they're just not in the right place for them. Right. There the the problem is you have to I think you have to very you have to very carefully tailor your approach based on what the what the realistic set of outcomes are available to you because there are environments where the person is never going to uh be fired. Even if you know because 
you work in a, and there are these out there, you work in like a union programming shop. We have one of them in St. Louis and I won't mention names, but they, <laughs> they make sure the mail gets to your house every day. <laughs> I worked there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's, you know, I mean, you're not going to get somebody like that fired. So sending that person off the deep end is only going to make your life worse. You don't want them to go postal. Huns <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Uh, so I, I, I have been successful in what, what you guys, what Craig was talking about was um, maybe this just isn't the place for them. And, and I believe Craig probably worked with me at some of these places where I didn't go or in and Amos say, wasn't the right place for him. <laughs> I didn't say, thanks, Craig. You should, I didn't say you should fire this person. I came in and said, these are his good qualities. And these are the ones that don't work with the, his current team. It's very conflicting. So why don't we move him to another team? Even at one point saying, put him in charge of another team. He can't work with this team, but he would be really good as a lead, strong lead developer. He just can't work with someone else who is a very strong developer. Were you trying to promote him as a way to uh, pass the trash, as it were? <laughs> no, I was trying to pass the trash, and he became a fantastic leader. Okay. He, he really was, and I, and I knew that he would be. He just conflicted with two people on the team, one of them being me, and... I'm not going to be me. Was it you? <laughs> I think so. Maybe. Maybe. It happened with two or three people that yeah. two of them. I know you worked with me on the same team. So, yeah. What about uh, trying to do the, again, the five sort of a five wise approach to, you know, why don't like, let's pick a, a, let's pick continuous integration as an example. If a person is very negative about that and oh, that will never work here, you know, um, how can you can you do sort of the well why won't it work here and try and peel that onion back i usually just get the people that want to support it and say well you don't have to do it we'll build it especially with continuous integration because they really don't have to but when you say we're going to do tdd and you have a person not coming along i feel very different so i think this is very situational um because when you have one person not doing tdd it really destroys everything when you have one person who is unwilling to work on the build box nah, it sucks but you can move up you can get past it so i have a question for the two of you how, how did you come to do agile how, how did you come across it and to buy into it did someone come to your company and say hey we need to do agile or did you read about it and someone you trusted told you about it and you're like oh wow that sounds like it might be useful John, you want to go first? I started to, I, I guess I started to come across Agile in, in an abstract way, hearing others talk about it, and then it piqued my interest, and I started to read up on it on my own um, back, back in the archaic way of buying books and, uh, and reading those books. And then it, I just started to use some of those ideas and practices and slowly, slowly but surely kind of cultivated those into an already existing team. And I guess it just kind of snowballed from there. Amos? Uh, so my first programming job while I was in college, uh, it just kind of worked agilely. They, they didn't call it agile. They didn't really know what they were doing. 
I was writing a piece of software. Uh, I was the only developer and the guy that owned the place would come in and we'd sit down and talk about what to do next. And so it was very interactive with the people that were using the software. Uh, I actually had the person who mainly used the software sitting right behind me the whole time. So I just kind of worked that way. And then my final year of college, I took a class on software engineering, which talked about waterfall and all kinds of stuff. And we had to buy two books and one of the books was XP explained. And then I went from there to that postal shop where it was the least agile place in the world. And I thought, Oh my God, this is against everything that I've ever done and makes no sense to me. And the whole agile part of, you know, seeing what users need and what they want and building what they need instead of what they thought they wanted kind of appealed to me. So the reason I asked that question is that I think Tice is on to something when he's lately been saying we should invite people to these ideas instead of pushing these ideas on people. And so when we push people, you know, the idea of TDD or, or continuous integration, we didn't, we didn't have to go through that. And I don't know that we would have bought into it that way. So, so I think, I think we have to be careful about forcing people into agile practices before they're ready. Yeah. Nobody uh, wants, nobody wants something jammed into their face you know like like my, my when i was a kid my, my sister loved the new kids on the block you know and she used to always try and jam it into everybody's face all the time she's like you need to like this band and they're good and even if they were good and they were the even if they were the greatest thing in the world i was never gonna like that because she's constantly jamming it in your face all the time saying like this like this like this you know it's like i'm yeah, <laughs> you're, you're you're going to resist when you're given that much push. Absolutely. So you got you got you got to you got to ease it in. I think uh, I have teenage daughters, and I can tell you that anytime that you try to push them to do anything, there's a whole lot of resistance. So your coworkers are all teenage girls, basically, is what we're saying. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a team of teenage girls. Might be a little inexperienced at coding. Maybe we should strike that from the record. <laughs> oh my God. I think that's the show title. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, okay, so let, let's try and wrap this up. And, and I think our takeaways from this, as we've talked about negativity in the workplace and on your Agile teams, is that you have to evaluate each situation based on the support structure you have around you, uh, the the set of outcomes that can realistically happen and then try to map a path towards the most ideal outcome that you can. So like a, like if you were an athlete and you, you wanted to envision yourself shooting that game-winning free throw at the end of a basketball game, you would, you would map, you would, you would kind of map out in your mind, this is how I'm going to shoot that free throw. I'm going to envision the ball going through the basket. And I think you almost need to do the same sort of thing with these problems is you need to envision what's the path going to look like that's going to take you from here to the to a resolution and then see if you can't somehow start to take little steps along that path. What do you guys think? I, th I think it's going to be a difficult path no matter what. You so. have to be the ball. 
Craig. <laughs> You're not being the ball. No, 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 no. <laughs> Any other sage words of advice, fellas? Good luck. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't envy you if you're dealing with negativity. Software is easy. It's people that are difficult. Uh, okay. But that's the whole reason it, we do it. So, writing software is a people problem. It's not a technology problem. This week's hottest picks. Hey, Amos, you are up first for the picks of this episode. I have so many picks, I feel like Tice. Since he's not here, I'll try to channel him. Hashtag, hashtag, too much dice. Hashtag, too much dice. So, Joe Barnes told me that I have to have an adult beverage pick at every single episode that I'm on. And this is why I haven't been on for so long, Joe. Uh, So, tonight... Because he's he's been sober. (laughs) Oh, my God. We had an intervention for him. I just got out of AA. And so, I had to go... I had to go buy some first. Uh, that's horrible. Somebody's going to be mad at me. I don't think that's what you're supposed to do when you get out of AA. Oh, I failed. <laughs> I failed out. They told me I couldn't come back. Uh, there's something about bringing bourbon to meetings. Not cool. I don't know. <laughs> so I went out tonight and I got a uh, six pack of, of random beers. Uh, and I've decided that the best one is Castaway. It's an IPA from Kona Brewing Company. It has a very nice flavor, uh, especially if you like IPAs, a little uh, citrusy, uh, and, and it's got that bitter bite to it. I really enjoyed it. Wait, you've had six beers tonight already? No, I did not try all oh, of them. Said, oh, okay. Did I say all of them? I did not mean yeah, all of them. Yeah, you did. No, there's no way. Uh, but I, I see be- Craig's logic. How did you decide that this was the best beer? You- I, drank, I drank three of them. I see. If I drink all six of them, I wouldn't be able to talk to you right now. So, so you did what we call a, uh, you, you took a sample test. That's right. Okay. That's right. What uh, else, what else do you have uh, for us, Amos? So, so my next pick, I believe I picked before John said that I may have picked in like episode four or something is Ruby Tapas. I've been suggesting that to some newer developers. Uh, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I, I still pay for it every month because I think it's a great deal and I, I want to support it. Uh, Who's responsible for that? Avdi Grimm. Mm. Uh, and he also has, has guests sometimes. Uh, Although I did look at the list today and there's a few of them that I really want to watch that have come out lately. Uh, and then my last pick is uh, I, I was actually looking for a different web comic, but I couldn't remember the address for it. So I'll tell you about it in a second. But I picked Garfield minus Garfield, which is just the Garfield comics, but they've erased Garfield for all from all of them. So you get to watch John Arbuckle talk to himself and fall into this pit of despair. It's pretty entertaining, but the the one I was looking for was Charlie Brown has cancer. So oh, no, so the reason Charlie Brown is bald is because he has cancer, and it really shows you how much how horrible all those other children are. He's not he does he's not bald. He, you have as much hair as he has. He's only got oh. three hairs. <laughs> that and and it must be brain cancer because all adults go wah 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 wah. <laughs> So let's see. We've badmouthed uh, people with cancer. And got, it's negativity. Negativity is thief, John. Oh, no. That's right. We're only doing this to prove that negativity is bad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Those are interesting picks, Amos. 
question mark? Okay, my pick uh, of the episode is something called Get Radar. Uh, I just saw it the other day. It's uh, and I just I just download. I did a brew install on this uh, just the other day and have it running in my terminal. It's nice because it gives you like this little heads up display ish sort of thing on your command prompt and lets you know like how far ahead you are of of your branch or how far behind you are of the branch and those sorts of things. So if you're a user of Git, you may want to check this out. I know a bunch of people have implemented this on their own. And uh, I would really, I really think it'd be a good idea if maybe everybody put their heads together and made just the, the best Git radar heads up display sort of thing possible here. So go out there and check it out and maybe you can put in some pull requests for things to improve it. I want one that shows number of lines added and removed because I feel really great when removed is way larger than added. I'm sure you could do that. Looks like it does that. All right, Craig, what do you got for us? All right. Uh, my first pick is an article called When a Bad Surgeon is the One You Want. Uh, it's sort of a paradox about uh, the way that we're starting to rate doctors and surgeons uh, because maybe the good surgeons pick all the good patients and the bad surgeon that has bad ratings uh, will try the hard uh, patients. So interesting article. Uh, my second pick is a site called Let's Encrypt. And it is basically free SSL certificates for your secure websites. Um, it is coming in, I think, November. Uh, they were trying to get it out in September, but they've had to push that back a little. Uh, pretty cool and uh, should make encryption work for a lot more websites. And my third pick is standing desks. I noticed Amos and I are both standing at our desk uh, podcasting here recording. And um, I'll also recommend a product called Stand Stand, which is a little foldable stand that you can use to stand at your desk. Ooh, very good. Nice pick, guys. Thanks for the discussion tonight. To all of our listeners out there, thanks for listening. Please check out thisagilelife.com for our show notes and all of our past episodes. Thanks for listening and keep living this agile life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of Agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community. the point the point is get started not to sometimes a man has to make tough decisions okay craig you start us off all right ready yes sure <laughs> We'll take it. <laughs> Including all of the... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>